This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result... You'll always be winning with muck delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Watching Leicester Till I Die TV. Good evening, good morning, good day, whatever it is you wish to be greeted with. Hello to you all and welcome to LTI TV 1, where we are, of course, here for the whole, prediction, uh, the whole preview show. I have, of course, in the background with me the wise old owl, that is Craig, as my co-host, and I have Matt Lill from Hall Say... I always forget the name of the podcast. He's from the whole podcast. I'll let him introduce it and do that properly because I... I, I am ever the professional at writing down the name properly and I can't read my own handwriting. But how are you all doing? Where are you checking us out from? Well, this is where you can find us on all our social medias. You can find us on YouTube, Instagram, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. I don't like to refer to my X as anything, so I'll just call it Twitter still. Facebook, TikTok for our shorts. And there at the bottom right, you can see 
all our social media outlets. Now, I don't know what has happened to our banner for the preview show, so um, I haven't got one to do it. So let's crack straight into the show and bring in, of course, the better looking half of this show, the one you're all really here to see. It is, of course, Craig. Craig, how are you doing, my friend? Hi, Brad. I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing very well at the moment. It's it's a bit easy being a Leicester fan at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it is, it's, it is I, at the minute, down at this level. Yeah, yeah. May, may, maybe that might be the big difference in, in why we're doing so well. But um, we've got another championship fixture to look forward to. It is the one before this silly little, bloody, I don't know, some namby-pamby international break. So, of course, the luxury goes to this man and his side, Matt and Hall City. Matt, how are you doing, mate? Uh, are you well? Yeah, great. Um, brilliant. Thanks for having me on. It's nice. It's nice to get on of a podcast and uh, speak to other teams. So yeah, it's always good to have you on. Now, I made a pig's ear of it. So do tell people what your actual <laughs> podcast channel is, is quickly called so they know where they can go and check you out for it. So yeah, I, no, I'm not left. No problem. No problem. Uh, the podcast is called Hull Say It Best. And yes, it is a play on the Ronan Keaton song. You say oh, it, lovely. There you it. go. Go and check that out. He's, he's back up and running with his show and his channels, post lots of things. Um, so first of all, Matt, I mean, indifferent start for Hall. Um, definitely um, probably a better start than you may have expected or is it, it's about what you were expecting for a start? I mean, we're only four weeks into it. It's only game week five, but you found a way to score a few goals. Um, yeah. You're doing quite well. Um, truth be told, the way the season started, you know, we had the the great form under um, Liam Rossini back end of last season. I think even still now we've we've only lost seven games in thirty two under him, which is a, a great record for any sort of manager. Um, with a full pre season under him and the additions we've had, we kind of expected to have a good start to the season anyway. We, we the camp was a bit um, optimistic. I think that. The tough thing has been the level of our performances. The performances, despite picking up seven points out of a possible 12, the performances haven't been that good. Um, so, yeah, um, as to do well in this league, you've got to win ugly sometimes, and we've, we've done exactly that. Well, I mean, certainly that is always the case. I mean, we've been winning ugly, haven't we, Craig? Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds pretty familiar, to be honest. I wouldn't say <laughs> ugly. I think we've been winning slow. Um ah. Slow, methodical, um, some would say boring, um, but we've been winning. You know, I think we've been um, trying to pass teams to death. And, uh, uh, you know, and at this level, I think, you know, we've got a fit team. So either we are running the legs off of the opposition or we're just putting them to sleep and scoring late goals. I'm not sure which one it is, but we're wow. finding a way to win. So. That's 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 the critical part, isn't it? In any division, it's always critical to win by any means necessary. And at the end of the day, unless it, unless we're getting into the back end, you know, the back end of the season where it may come to bite us on the arse. Right now, it doesn't matter if you're beating them four 0 or two one. You, you you're getting three points no matter what it is. And right now, it's not really um, critical. Um, but I mean, Matt. Paul City have a little bit of history with Leicester, with a certain manager that we kind of ping-ponged around for a, for a few seasons. You've had a few ex-players. Is there a little bit of spice for this game for, for Hall City fans, or is it kind of just, nah, it is what it is. It's regular. Nah. Um, if there is, it's it's under the radar, because I know nothing about it. Yeah, like I say, there's been a couple of players go to and from, you know, Aaron McGuire being one of the most notable ones. Um, 
but yeah, nothing really in it for us, I suppose. It's a, it's it's a good game, you know. It's a great test for us. Five games in, you know, to play, you know, it's just come down, and you don't seem to have got rid of um, too many big names, if that makes sense. So, um, despite Madison and um, Barnes, but it's a great test for us at this point, you know, to be where we're at playing against you guys. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, Craig, you know, you said about winning there, ugly. We've had Nigel Pearson between the hall. Um, we've had Matty Fry. We've had a few names in between. I think Nobelto Solano. There's one that people yeah, yeah, there's a name. Played, played for both clubs as well. I mean, is it one of them that maybe Leicester fans hold a little bit more oomph about because of the Nigel Pearson connection, how well he did it at, um, at Leicester? Or is this just a case of, of it's just all City? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, it. I don't, it's not a. It's just whole city. It's just there is no real connection or spice that I've ever detected, other than the fact that I'm still, I'm still traumatized by the fact that we played you up at your place the first season after we'd won the league, and I went up there with my lad yes. and we got turned over two one, and uh, yeah. So we lost to two overhead kicks. If I, if I, you know, yes. I don't think that has ever happened before. The but uh, I remember that the the yeah. double overhead kick, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I uh, mean, Craig's been reading my notes because we're going to talk about that a little bit actually uh, in a second. I'm just going to quickly say hi to some people who are sitting there waiting patiently in chat. Uh, Facebook user. Please either just allow Streamyard to post up for it or attach your name at the bottom. I've seen your message, but I don't know who you are, and we just don't acknowledge it on here. It's not if you don't want to sign up, that is fine. It is free to do so, but just attach your name at the bottom and I can put your message out. Uh Jay, he says, Good evening all. Um, uh, hope you're well, Jay. Nice to see you here. Highfields Fox he says, Jolly good evening from Chelsea. So very posh, isn't it? Jolly good evening. I don't know if it's good good evening. Hi Jack, great, great to see you here, mate. It's his evening, Brad. He doesn't care for you, like you say. I'm no, not taken. Place the channel is yeah. here. Javen uh, says, "Happy Wellvanu Ghana edition," and, and keep and we keep an indeed. Well, there's still just you know, it's over 24 hours to go in transfer window. Things might change yet. Dave will be absolutely over the moon because his favourite Ghanaian obviously left on a free last season. He was crying. He was unconsolable. So he'll be happy that we've replaced him. Uh, Scott says hello all. Hope you're well. Uh, Chris is excited to see it. Let the fox see the tigers. Um, and then it repeats because of Twitch. He says slow methodical boring. Is that our new nicknames? There, yeah, you got slow. You got methodical. <laughs> when I learned to point, and then you've just <laughs> and you can be slow. Take take the less of the two evils, if you will, Matt. <laughs> um, and I've got a few more comments here. Uh, we're looking more ruthless under Maraska. It's better than Brendan Ball. Certainly is. I'm trying to get Enzo Ball trending. It's slowly taking off, and I'm going to take all the credit. LDH, she's it. Hello, she says, evening, gentlemen. Gentlemen? You don't watch the wow. show and you know that we're gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're all well, and I hope you are well, well too. Spencer just saying, hi, guys. Hi, Spencer. Uh, Scott saying hi there. Nate. Good evening, everybody. He says, Nate, check the message in the group chat because you're you're on my naughty on naughty step at the moment in the predictions league. Craig's not. Craig got his in for the show. He's 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 thinking. Scott says hi, and there's pretty much everybody saying hi to everybody else. Guys, obviously, this is before the international break. 
I feel for Leicester on a momentum, obviously, if we even if we win the game, it feels like a really annoying time to, to, to have an international break when we're on a momentum. I, I know hindsight's a wonderful thing. We don't know how the game's going to play out. But, but Matt, quickly for you, is, is this kind of a thing that maybe comes at a right time for Hall? Or is it just a case of, God's sake, if we beat Leicester, we really don't want this international break. How do you see these international stoppages? Are they annoyance or are they a good thing? You know, it always depends on what run you're in on, doesn't it, going into it. Like, you can make a case for both of them. Um, me, personally, I don't really have a feeling either way. You know, I used to think that they're a bit of a hindrance, but, yeah, I don't really have a, I don't have a feeling either way. I'd, um, it'd be nice to beat you. You know, going into it, we'd have the... We'd have what they say the the two points on average from every game. You know, we'd be going into it five games, ten points. So, yeah, it'd be nice to go into the international break with a W, but it'll be a tough one. Yeah, I, I think that I think that as well. It, it, it always waits on that last game, and I know obviously we're trying to predict something that's that's not played out yet. But Craig, would it would it really affect Leicester too much? Let's say if we go and make it seven out of seven, would that break hinder Leicester, or, or would Maresca just see it as a case of? Freshen up those that don't go away, um, get a bit more fitness into the ones that don't go on international duty and just pretend it doesn't happen. Or can it? I think, can there's, it a of, I think there's a bit of both, to be honest, because you do want to keep momentum. You know, you want to, you come out of one game and then you're working straight for the next one, you know, and uh, and, you, and you ride on the wave of a victory and then take that into training next week. And then you've got another big game at the at the end of the week. And we haven't got that after this one. Thing is, with us dropping down to the championship, a few players going. I'm not sure how many are going to be here, um, or how many are actually away on international duty. To be honest, uh, for this one, yeah. I think what it does have uh, do is coming straight after the window shut isn't necessarily a bad thing, because then you've got all your players in. You know, you've got you've got you know if they haven't gone away, but you've got your squad. That's the squad that's going to take you through to to January, so you can use that time to, you know, re-embed your 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 vision. And we know Maresca has been quite um, quite forthright in how he wants to play, and uh, and he's been very strong with some of his players. You know, four subs at half time in an away cup game at Tranmere because he didn't like what he was seeing shows that he's not going to stand any nonsense. So um, so it gives that extra bit of time for those new players to come in and uh, learn what the team's about, learn about the training ground, all that kind of thing, rather than being straight into a game. So it may have some upsides, but if you're winning, you just want to keep playing. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the only reason I asked that real question is because, believe it or not, we actually had a good period last season. It was it was only four games, but we actually had a good period last season where we, we were undefeated. We were starting to pick up that momentum. And we falsely thought that might be Leicester getting into their stride. And then we, we had that international break and then we got, I think, minus a uh, Carabao Cup win against MK Dons. Yeah. We got battered by Newcastle and pretty much every week until Aston Villa and Spurs rolled into town. Um, so, I mean, hopefully it doesn't affect us. Hopefully we get the three points. It's going to be a good game. Um, but now for the fun part. When I say fun part, it is for me because it gets these two here to do a little bit of thinking. Uh, Leicester and Hull, obviously, well-established clubs throughout the time. They played um, throughout their, their entire history, pretty much. 
Um, we do this every week for the guests, so if they know it, they're going to get some lovely points. Don't get no prizes because we don't make prizes on this show. Sorry, Matt. I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you PayPal. Don't worry. It's not this. It's all, don't worry. If you right. if you're right, if you got to get it right first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to get it right. So what we like to do is I give you a bit of time to think about it. I want you, and this is all competitions according to eleven v eleven. How many times have Hull City and Leicester? met against each other so give yourself a little think include competitions like fa cup league cup meetings or may have had in your head give yourself a little bit of time to think and to allow you to do such a thing let's talk about and craig's already beat me to the punch here stop reading my notes craig when i say copying my homework i mean change some of it uh we're going to talk about last time out which actually technically last time out was a was a bit of a redemption message for leicester uh, it was a 3-1 win at the King Power on the 4th of March, which was great for us, despite how bad our season was. But, as Craig said, champions lose to New Boys Hall City. The overhead kick, we lost during the opening game of the season. But there was something a little bit more interesting about that game, wasn't there, Matt? If I'm right in thinking, didn't you only have like 14 available players for that game? You was at one point a few days before, maybe even only having an 11 to pick from. Yeah, it was a it was a crazy preseason. That to be fair, um, if I remember right, we'd just gone up, and it was a bit strange because we'd just gone up, and Steve Bruce got us promoted, and you'd like to think that's a good time to be in charge of a club. You know, it's all the excitement of going into the Premier League, and then problems in the background between our old owners and Steve Bruce meant he just walked away from the club. Um, his second in command, Mike Feeling, took over, and. A lot of players left you know there's the i don't know if we can find it but there's a famous picture of the the squad on the preseason season i think it's about 11 players 12 players it's it's crazy and yeah exactly that so we went into there with a fred bear squad you know playing second choice keeper etc etc um and yes yeah, somehow we managed to get a win over the um previous year's champions but it seems to it, apparently that seemed to be a bit of a theme anyway, didn't it? Like the champions tend to go into the season struggle first game. So, you know, yeah, it was, it was, a, it, go on, no, go on, go on, go on, finish what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, if I remember right, it wasn't a, it wasn't a dominating performance. We, we got over the line. Um, yeah, well, I mean, Craig, your, your opinions. I mean, obviously, the expectation came with us being champions, and unfortunately, that whole. City result wasn't a blip. We all know that that became a bit of a panic situation up until about well, about the time we actually got rid of the, of the man who won us the Premier League in Ranieri. I mean, you must have been. I mean, I know you went with with, with your son. I mean, you must have been thinking not just because it was Hull and they were newly promoted, but the state of their squad with injuries and everything that was going on. You must have thought, oh, this is going to be a best day out to take them. And they, they describe your your pre-game feelings and your post-game feelings for that. Well, I can tell you, I've been a I've been a Leicester fan for um, a lot more many years than you, Brad, and, and a lot more many years than um, many of our supporters. Um, so I never have that confident feeling <laughs> ever. <laughs> you know, I've seen it too many times down the years. But there there, there is that new season optimism. <laughs> you know, we were champions. You know, we we had a champions league to look forward to and this that, and the other we got there and i think there were t-shirts with champions or something was was on them for everybody to put on and um unfortunately nobody bothered to tell the players that the season had started because um, 
He was pretty, but I can't remember, Matt. Was it was it Marco Silva? Did he, Marco Silva come in? He who, came who in towards the back end of the season. It was Mike Feeling that was in that charge. Was Mike Feeling, yeah, that was it. Yeah, I thought it was a dreaded um, Steve Bruce. But yeah, yeah, we we just didn't we didn't play particularly well. I think you you played okay. I think you had obviously teams that have come up have a little bit of momentum, but then as as often happens now. I think that that thing about teams having momentum when they get promoted has gone a little bit because teams seem to have so many lone players these days. So yeah. they all end up going back and then you're left with half the team that got you promoted and you're trying to bed in new players. So I think that's gone a little bit, but we just never started. I think we I think we had a little bit of cockiness about us, to be honest. You know, we, we're the champions. We're going to a um, newly promoted club. We'll just roll up and win and... Uh, Football's not like that, as we found out. Do you know, I've just, while I've been talking, I just pulled it up in the background to see some of the players that played. Um, and it it probably was our strongest 11 that we could field at the time. Yeah. And to add a bit of, um, add a bit more to it, we didn't make any subs that game either. We literally kept no. the 11 on. And now, no. now I've seen that, I remember it, because for the first four games, we did exactly that. We didn't make any subs. So to put a bit of um, fruit to it, Jake Livermore played at centre-back for us who as we all know is a centre mid um, on our bench and didn't come on was Jared Bowen oh, <laughs> whatever happened uh, to him well I don't know yeah. Yeah. didn't he go and play in some Tim Pop European competition and no, I don't know don't know what happens no. to these players yeah. I don't know what um, he does on the field but I know what he does off it um, that's, <laughs> that's very true but of course that, that those two fixtures that we talked about were obviously back in our glory days when we were both Premier League uh, clubs. Um, but we have played a little bit more recently in the same division we are in now in the Championship. And the last game in the Championship meeting, anyone remember it? Because I won't blame. I've, you I won't comment. I've, I've just been looking at the recent games. So oh, he's been looking. Go, Craig, do you remember it? Because I won't blame you if you didn't. No. I in fact, I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't blame any fan if I didn't remember it, because it was paint drying. It was a lovely nil-nil draw on the 26th of December. So Boxing Day was probably good we didn't get too excited, because a lot of us probably had hangovers for, for that situation. Um, so, unfortunately, it's not really much to talk about in our last championship game, because it put everybody to sleep. What year was that, Brad? That was in 2012. Right, so it okay. was the year before our promotion back up to the to the Premier League. Um, mm. So, yeah, unfortunately, not really a lot to talk about. No goals, no action. <laughs> a boxing day with a, a nice ice pack on the head and just be able to chill out, listen to the game. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully, you know, Saturday's game is a bit more interesting. Mm. Now, what I like to do before I get your answers to my question that I asked you earlier is I like to... Um, Give, you know, give give our opposition fans something to maybe look forward to, and I I would like to know if um if if Matt if you know the last time you actually did a league double over us, oh, that would be the screen. So I'm just going to pop some comments up. Um, it's a bit it's a bit too late in the in the conversation to bring these up, so I'm going to start one here. But Matt, when do you think I you actually got um? It's got to be before my year, I believe. I, I started watching Hull City 2003-2004, so it's before then. I don't remember this happened, unless we've done it 2006. No, I don't think he was in the same league as then. No, that, 
Oh, are you edging close for 2006? Craig, do you know the last time the Tigers did the double over us, just to really put the mockers on it? I've got absolutely no idea, so I'll guess at 2002. Well, you said to, I heard you say 2004 at that part, Matt, and then Craig's gone a little bit lower of you. So you get to keep the bragging rights by being closer. It was the 2007-2008 season on the 15th of December. Hall beat us 2-1 at their place. And on the 22nd of March, uh, Hall also beat us by the same scoreline, two goals to nil at the King Power. So you've got the more recent history in the doubles. And I say more recent history, very, very broad on this one, because Craig... Two on the other foot. When was the last time Leicester did a league double over Hull City? Um, ba, 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 ba. 2010. 2010. Well, you're very optimistic on that one. Um, he's always optimistic. Matt, a bit like Bruce's prices, right? Are you going to go higher? Are you going to go lower? You can take a stab at a year, but are you going to go higher than Craig? You can go lower. I know in the most recent history, you've got the better results, but I don't know if they've come in the same season, though. Mm, so he's got a point. He's got a point. Well, so that's the tough one. I, I don't know. I'm going to go again, probably before my time, 2000. No, we probably won't be playing then because it was Division 3. Um, so, yeah, probably going back sometime. So, yeah, I tell you what, we'll just take you as saying you're going lower than 2010. Yeah. And I'll let you have a smug moment because I couldn't believe this because you are very right. There was a few brackets of three wins, but there was cups in between it and it was a turn of a new season. Astonishingly, it does go back to the old original title of Division 2. So what is now known as the Championship, but was back then known as Division 2. Because you have to go all the way back to 1950-1951, where Leicester City won the away fixture on the 7th of October by three goals to one. And then comfortably on the 24th of February of that season, comfortably beat you by four goals to nil. So, chance of history to be made this season is an interesting one. So, now we've dragged that out. Scott had a very good guess. He said 64-65. Uh, and just want to say hi to Stuart before we get going, because I'm getting you, um, I'm getting you um, thinking on this one. How many times... Have Leicester City and Hull City played in their history? This is including, obviously, when we were known as Leicester Foss, just to make sure you're aware of your guessing because it, it does go that far back. Craig, you're the Leicester fan, so guess what? You're going second. Hull, Hull City fan gets the honour of going first. I, I'd say age before beauty, but you probably have both on your side against Craig on that one. <laughs> Love you, Craig. Uh, how many games do you reckon we have played in our history? So... I don't know if I'm going to be... I'll go for about 60, between 60 and 70, something like that. He's going... He's, he likes these bracket guesses, doesn't he? Six. All right. I, I don't want to go an odd number, obviously. Uh, I can't go in the oh, middle. Uh, well, actually, you can, because, because you, you, include, okay. you include cup games, don't you, Brad? Yes, cup games are included. Okay. So. So I'll, I'll go in the middle of my guess, and I'll go with 65. He's on 65. Scott has quickly guessed... 49. Uh, Stuart Russell has guessed 82. See if a few more get the comments in. Because, Craig, you can go higher or lower. Remember, you can I'm be one year young under, but you can't be one year over. How many games? Oh, yeah, I meant I'm going to stick Nothing with my original. 
I'm going to stick with my original uh, thought, even if you'd have asked me to go first, I'd have said, um, so I'm going to go 57. You're going to go 57. Right, we've had some good guesses. I can tell you that somebody is one away. And that somebody is neither of you two. Ah. It is, and he's done this twice, I believe, in, in, in on these shows in a row. It is Stuart Russell. We have played each other 81 times. So on Bruce's price is right. He'd be one over and he'd lose everything. But in this game show, he is the closest. 81 times we have played each other. And this may surprise you. Uh, I don't know if it will, given the record. But Leicester have 27 wins. There has been 24 draws. And that means that Hull have beaten us 30 times. So now you know the record. You know, you know how it stands. You know how we faced up last time and how long it's been since we've done a double over each other. I'm going to give give you the opportunity to give everybody your very stern and confident predictions on the scoreline, starting with you, Matt. How, how do you think it's going to go and um, give us a score prediction? So I've not seen any highlights from you guys, you know. Um, and with you saying you like to pass it around the back, and we too like to play around the back. Yeah. I think I'm going to be telling my friends to take a book at the weekend. Um, <laughs> so... Get that fence building. Just don't mind me. Just building this fence. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so now I think um, I'll. I would like to come away with a point, knowing that we are difficult to beat. I'd go for a one-one. It's going for a 1-1. I think it was Terry who said earlier in the chat, I think I starred his comment for it. I did. Terry said earlier in the chat, here comes our first potential draw. Craig, are you, I know I got your predictions for the league, but here you can be a bit different, be a bit adventurous, uh, adventurous on here if you like. Um, are you sitting on the same fence as Terry and Matt, or are you, you going to make it seven heaven for Leicester? I think we've got to be looking at a win at home, to be honest. Um... I think this is the start of a trickier run of games that we've got. You know, Hull have started well. I think um, I can't remember the guy's name, but you got somebody who's been banging in a few goals. Is that right? Um, yeah, Aaron Connolly. Right, because um, he was at Brighton. Is that Brighton, right? I can yeah, yeah. So he's, you know, I, I liked him at Brighton. He was busy, but just lacked that little bit of finishing. And too fat. Um, sorry. Yeah, that's that's the guy I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, you know, we've got Hull and then we have Southampton and then we have uh, Norwich. So, uh, bit of a trickier run. But I'm going to continue with our run of two ones. I'm going to go 2-1. It, it does seem to be the Leicester way. But so there you go. We've got a draw from our whole, our, our whole man, Matt, there. And Craig has gone for the Leicester City 2-1 boys to keep winning by that scoreline. Chris has gone 3-1. Now, that doesn't that doesn't make me put my head in my hands. What makes me put my head in the hands is I love a bit of revenge because normally I get this video because of uh, how I feel about this. Uh, sorry, we're back live. Didn't mean that. You didn't see nothing. I'll edit that out later on. But Chris has found a new love of his own, and it is Mr. Yannick Vestergaard. Most of us look at your Vestergaard with disdain, but Chris sees yes Vestergaard in the team sheet and goes. <laughs> Do 
give me the power, Chris. You give me the power and look what happens to you. This is what happens here. Matt, you have been fantastic. Thank you very much for agreeing to come on to the show. It's been a pleasure Bell having you on, mate. Wow. <laughs> I knew you would do that, hey. Chris. Chris, wow. man, I'll, I'll boot wow. him out. I'll get rid of the power. He's just done that to Wow. Wow. Shame, oh shame God. on you. Send your right. send your emails in just to do it. There was no need for that, Chris. <laughs> I, I can only apologise on behalf of the channel. You know yeah, yeah. what can I say? We we, we 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 will we will send your condolences packet. Uh, courtesy of Chris's wage packet, he's just told me himself. He said, "I'll send your condolence packet." Matt, you've been a wonderful oh, was, guest. Was it aimed at me? No, no, it was me. It's oh. my favourite one to use against me. We're just, we're just going with him. I don't want to know that. Just confirm it was not aimed at you. That was one million percent aimed at me. He was calling me a bellend for doing that to me. Because uh, he sat in the background just uh, casting a lot. Awful <laughs> timing. Oh, I know. It's like, you're wonderful, Matt. Bellend. Pack it in. Stop playing with the toys. I'll kick you out altogether. I like it. To be to be fair, guys, it's good. You know, um, we don't have anything like this on any of our whole city podcasts. It's tongue in cheek. It's slap. It's slapstick. I like it. You, you guys are doing something good. So don't change. Oh, I tell you what, you can come on next time as well, mate. Whole city we're playing. We just have you on every week, mate. No, but honestly, thank you very much for coming on. It's been great having you on and, and hearing your thoughts of how your team have done this season. So just quickly tell, and I know you told me earlier about your charity sport thing. So I'm going to take everybody else in the background. There it is, charity shirt for you. Ooh. Tell everybody where they can find it and what it is exactly that the charity is all about. I tell you what, he's good at advertising this one. Yeah, so just yeah, tell so everybody where it is. Not a problem, yeah. So I, I run a charity football team called SLC United. SLC standing for Supporting Local Charities. And what we do is just play football to raise money. It's great for the lads that are involved in it because they get to... Um, play football stress-free away from what is normally your Saturday league, your Sunday league, you know, with the stress and competition and feeling like you've got to be available every single week. You know, you've got that flexibility just to end up when you like and raising money for charities on the side. Um, yeah, if you can, check us out online. We've got um, we've got ourselves a video camera so you can watch our highlights back and stuff like that, a bit of, bit of comedy that goes with it. So, yeah, feel free to check us out. We're, available, we're on Facebook. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Away days are great, but when you can't play away, there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Muck Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Twitter, X, whatever it's called, um, and we're on YouTube as well, and Instagram. So, SLC United. There you go, guys. Go and show the charity loads of love and support. Do all you can to help it. Scott, brilliant comment here, mate. He says, thank mate. Best best luck for your boys for the season. But I hope we walk away. We hope you walk away with zero big points. Big zero. Yeah, big, big fat zero. Um, just a few uh, comments here. Three, two foxes, says Scott. And 
Stuart's gone Leicester like 2-1 to 2-1. Um, I don't know if you can answer this question, but I'm throwing it your way anyway, just before I let you go. How many goals are you conceding per game, Matt? Get your fingers and toes out, get your calculators, hmm. get your this out. Do, do you have an idea how many it is roughly, or is it just... I can give you the exact. So we, we conceded two against Norwich, um, conceded one against Blackburn, conceded two against Chef Wednesday, and conceded one against Bristol City. So no Carol Vardaman though. So yeah, yeah. asking uh, you shall receive. Hopefully, we can up those numbers for you, Matt. I would wish you best of luck for Saturday, <laughs> but I wouldn't mean it, as you can probably guess. But after sa- Saturday, all the best for your season. And again, thank you very much for joining us, my friend. No problem. Thanks for having us. All the best. Have a good game, guys. Cheers, cheers. So yeah, make sure you go and check out all the uh, and help our guests channel out and and go and donate or share the share share the um the charity team all around it's great to have them on so craig we come to that second half of the show where 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 leicester get things moving and we've we've done things a little bit different this week haven't we with the team we've already got pre-lined up and you're going to go through your lineup but i've got one i've got one thing in common with 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 this it's time for just a just a little bit of a shameless plug so Bear with me, Craig, as I quickly give a massive shout out, first of all, to the members that are across the bottom of our screen. Now, it is only $1.99 a month. And as I'm so organized and so on there, the memberships, as you can see there, it's only $1.99 a month. If you can afford to do it, you'll get some great content such as members only shows. You can come on as a guest and ask to come on as a guest on the channel. You get some lovely discounts for the merchandise and you get little, lovely little emojis for that. And of course, if you love seeing Leicester on podcast platforms, then this is where you will find us. Leicester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor and all podcast platforms. Something is coming Of course, last but by no means so to least, we could not be where we are in the podcast world without the TalkSport Fan Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is the ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Including Leicester Till I Die, independent analysis and reaction for the Foxes Faithful. The TalkSport Fan Network. Unbeatable club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Follow the podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network where you can find us out on your podcast platforms and as you can see across the bottom if you're enjoying the LTID content and want to see more of it go and check out our sister channel LTI TV 2 not just all about quizzes we're also going to be starting in the next week or so covering all things Leicester City women so if you're a big follower of the Leicester City women's that's the place to go and check that out I finished being shameless and I finished pretending I'm a plug Craig we get onto your part of the show where you get to be in, well, I would say in charge, but I'm not allowed to say that because I am the main host here. Just you to are. Just say that one. But we've got your lineup and ready. I wasn't able to do the beautiful mm. framework that Chris sent me, unfortunately, because I asked him way too late and it's all on me. But found a way to make it so you guys might be able Thank to see you. it a bit better. There we go. Hey, who says I can't do this job? Probably some people. We don't talk about that. Let me get rid of that so people can see it all. Um, first of all, Craig. Um, solid as a rock at the back. You've not changed anything in the, in the back four. Is, is is this something that Leicester can can expect to start seeing more a, a solid back four? 
I, I, I think so. I think, you know, particularly from Maresca, um, he builds from the back and you can't build from the back unless you've got a consistent and solid back four um, or back three when he switches it with Ricardo stepping in. You can't do that if you're changing it every week. You know, players need to know where they are. They need to know who to cover, when to go, when not to go. And it was interesting listening to uh, Enzo talking about Vestergaard particularly, um, about his in-game intelligence um, of knowing when... Intelligence, interesting. Yeah, you know, it doesn't surprise me. He comes across as a bit of a studious guy, to be honest. He's not, um, he's uh, he's not a laugh a minute. He doesn't come across it, does he? But uh, you know, according to Enzo, he he has that in-game intelligence where he knows when to try and speed the game up, when to try and slow it down. Um, So I think you know he's played his way into um, the back four, and he's giving. Uh, Enzo a little bit of a problem, I think, when Cody gets fit. Because what does he do at that point, you know? Yeah, um, I mean, who thought we'd have that headache? Exactly. You would imagine that Cody would come straight back in, everybody talking about him potentially as captain of the team. But he he seems to be, uh, the manager this is, uh, that if you're not playing well, he'll take you out. But if yeah. you are playing well, you, you're going to play. So it does give him a problem, um, but it's a nice problem to have. You know, he's, he seems to have brought him back into the fold and he's doing the job that he wants him to do. So uh, that'll be interesting. But, yeah, I, I, you can't change that back four um, because it's the foundations on what the rest of the game that Enzo wants to play is built on. Yeah, and definitely with some recent transfer actions that's been going, obviously, Lou Thomas was seen at the Sheffield United game. He's now completed that loan move. We've mm-hmm. loaned Christensen out. So we've lightened the load in that position that we maybe had a bit more depth. Castagne obviously went to Fulham a few days ago as well. So no real surprises with Ricardo on the right and Doyle's just holding down that position. Now, I know some of you may have eagle eyes and you may have been spotted that there's a certain Frenchman in the team that's a legend of the game, but we won't talk about him just yet. The reason he's there is because one of Craig's midfielders, no matter how I searched it, whether it was first name, full name, last name, they don't have an image for him. They have an image for Doyle, but they don't have an image for this certain midfielder. So let's talk about the obvious ones, the ones we actually can see. Potentially a substitute that got taken off for a bad performance. I don't know. I'm, I'm not 100% sure against Tranmere. Well, I know Eunice was probably one he was going to make anyway, but Jewsbury Hall probably burnt out a little bit against Tranmere. Didn't look like it's best, but he still made your squad. I think he has, because I think, uh, particularly in a home game, um, I think he needs to be in there. And I think I would be hoping that Enzo is also hoping that he gets a reaction from him. Same with Mavadidi, that he's he's shown a bit of a ruthlessness in that if you're not doing what he wants you to do, whether you've played 45 minutes or 60 minutes or 80 minutes, you're going to get the hook. And, you know, it doesn't matter how long you've been here or whether you think, you know, that you're you're always going to play. Sometimes players need to be reminded of uh, of their responsibilities when they pull on the blue shirt. And I think that's what happened the other night. Mavididi wasn't doing it enough. 
Dewsbury Hall wasn't doing it enough, so they got changed. So now is the opportunity for KDH to actually show that he is the player that he's told us he's going to be. I mean, let, let's let's not um, forget the fact that he came out at the start of the season and was talking about, I want to be the one to boss this team. I want to be the one, uh, the most indispensable player. I want to be player of the season in the championship. Now, whether all the little snippets of transfers have got to his head a little bit, whether the weight of expectation that he's brought on himself has got to him a little bit, but I don't think he's started the season particularly well, to be honest. He's played well in patches, but he's not playing well over a 90, 95, 100-minute that we get in, uh, in modern football these days. So I've put him in there because I think Enzo will put him in there and Enzo will expect a reaction. Yeah, and I, you know what? If he does pick him, I hope that um, we do get to see that reaction. Uh, I've got a couple of add-on questions to maybe mm. twist at the end if you're okay. Just just only for yeah, a couple yeah. of minutes after we've gone through this. Now, your back four is very predominant. And I think the man in the middle, you know, that you've got in here is going to be a predominant feature as well of going forward. Harry, mm. yeah, Harry Winks. Mm. I said when we signed him, it's probably perfect for us because of the fact we're a championship club. I maybe would have looked him in the Premier League and gone, mm, I don't know. But he's proven me wrong and right, I guess. He's proven me right in the fact that the championship is he's, he's, he's doing really well. Is this is is this pretty much unless he gets injured, he's playing every week at the moment, sort of sort of form from Harry Winks. I mean he's he, yeah. he's my player of the season so far. I think what you get from Harry Winks, he's not necessarily um, flamboyant. You can have any some flamboyance around him. That's what the wingers are for. That's what um, the secret midfielder is for. Um, Harry Winks is like the gearbox in this well-oiled machine or the well-oiled machine that, that uh, Enzo's trying to build, that he's the driving force right in the middle of it, that it all goes through him. Um so I think I think the team's built around him. And I think there was a little bit of snobbishness around Harry Winks. I know we would link with him a couple of times when we were in the Premier League and people would, you know, talking about we, you know, we're too good for Harry Winks. But I think he just lost his way a little bit at Spurs. You know, he put in some really good performances. I know a lot of people were talking about there was one in the Champions League in particular where he ran the show. Um, he's He got England caps, although, you know, as we've seen in the um, in uh, in Southgate's squad today, you know it doesn't really count for much these days as to uh, getting a, getting an England. You don't even have to play football anymore to get a, get in the England squad. Um, but I think Harry Winks is still he's still young enough to come again, and I think he is the linchpin of this team. And I like what I've seen from him. Not only what he does on the pitch from a footballing perspective, but I like the spirit that he's showing. He seems to have already bought into this sort of attitude that, you know, we, we've we almost getting back the Foxes never quit. You know, we've scored so many late goals this season mm. that we'd lost that. We knew, most fans would know, if we went behind in a game, it was unlikely we were ever going to come back. That belief... You know, this with this team is there now that we play to a structure, we believe in it, and we know that at the end we will create chances and we, you know, we, we, we're scoring the late goals. But 
Harry Winks, I think, is integral to to the way that Enzo wants to play. Yeah, I get that impression as well. And again, people might be look may, maybe looked at Harry Winks, got the number eight shirt. We know who wore that before and what we expected from him. And maybe some people are sometimes thinking, oh, he's not really doing it this game because he's not getting in them shooting positions. But it's the work he does off the ball, Craig, isn't it? It's, mm. it's his tracking back, it's his glass. He's made some fantastic tackles all, already this season that, that, that were already, you know, something we never saw last season from certain players. And he just looks like the complete unit. Like you said, the linchpin of that of that midfield, mm. and it's no surprises. I mean, Scott, he agrees with me here. He says unless he gets, he doesn't get dropped unless he's injured or or, or winning comfortable in a, in a game, um, which I think which, which is probably the ideal way to to keep him fresh, isn't it? You know, if we do get yep. a good good win, then uh, you want to do it. I mean, mm. we've talked about our manager so far so much, but Stuart, Stuart here says about time manager we're a set of balls. Uh, footballs, a set of footballs. So yeah, it's it's good to see. And um, uh, I mean, I, I think he will. Fatu, 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 Abdul. I'm just going to call him Abdul. Um, but I don't ask Craig to do the bench. So Craig, do you think he'll make the bench just quickly? Uh, I do. I'm quite excited about this kid, to be honest. Um, mm. The same with the guy that we we brought in. Um, uh, the other winger, but th this kid, you know, he, he sort of burst onto the scene and he looked like it was going to be a big thing. And he, I mean, he's 19 and he's already played Champions League and in a World Cup. Mm, he's got exactly, and and good people in the game have said that he's he's got a lot about him. He just like some kids do, you know, at a certain age, they get thrust into the limelight, they play well, but then managers don't necessarily trust youngsters to play a full season. So they'll bring in someone else with a bit more experience. Then they find themselves on the bench. The team does well. They, their minutes on the pitch is limited and they need a move to, to reboot their, uh, their career. He's got a good move here. He's already talking very highly about the manager, about the conversations he's had with the manager and what the manager wants. And he's come here saying he thinks the manager will improve his game. Um, so I'm I'm quite excited about him, and I think it's good that we're starting to get some options um, for wide players. I think what we've got with Enzo is a clear way of playing, you know, that we've not had for quite a while. Not since we won the league, I think we had a distinct way of playing. Then we would sit in deep, we would turn the ball over, and then we'd release the guys up front. And I think we started to lo lose that, but now we've got a clear, clear direction. Two wingers holding the touchline, get the ball to them, see what they can do, get up in support. And I think the fact that he's brought this kid in to support the wingers that we've already brought into the club shows that that's the way forward. Yeah, it's great to see. And and, and with the conditions of both loans, I'll, we'll get to the other one in a minute because he has made a start in 11. It's mm. he, a bit of very, I mean, people are very easy to get on a certain Rudkin's back. And I understand why we're certain transfers, but. To get that you, you talk about someone who's played at a World Cup, um, you know, played in the Champions League, and he, he's barely moved out of his mother's house at 19. And, and yet, we're you know, if things go well from here, we're potentially getting for an absolute bargain. And it just credits the way Leicester do their scouting business. And it's, a, it's another fantastic little bit of work. That is one lonely that, that I'm excited for as well, Craig. Now, onto the elephant in the room. 
Maybe over time he will become like Claude McAuley. We don't know. But the reason Claude McAuley is here is because a certain Cassidy is unfindable on here. I, I searched his first name. I searched his last name. I searched his bloody, I searched his bloody middle names. I searched anything I could find. I, I typed in absolute genius. Nothing came up. So I tried everything. Claude McAuley or Cassidy as we're going to call him here. He's he's looking really good since he he's come into he's come into things. Um, getting a start from you, Craig, as well. Yeah, yeah. I th again, I think so. Um, I mean, you've got KDH and you've got Winks there who can sit, and I think we haven't got that real the guy who can carry the ball through the middle of the pitch. I know KDH does it from time to time. Winks a little bit less so. But from what the little bits that I've seen so far of Cassidy, and from what I'd heard about before he joined us uh, and the stuff I'd seen online, he looks like he's got the drive to work hard, but he wants to get in the box. And we've not really had that. I don't think we've had a midfielder who's prepared to go beyond the front line since, and I'm going to go back a while, it, since Muzzy, is it? I was, I, Craig, I was thinking exactly the same player. Yeah. I just pictured that goal against Villa, you know, when we won 3-1 yeah. and he, I, I was thinking the exact same player. It's not scripted, guys, I promise you. No, it's we talk wild. about we've never we've never replaced, you know, Mares, but I don't think we've ever replaced Muzzy, is it, from a midfielder who's prepared to go and make the runs in behind the strikers. Um, wow. And I'm hoping that this is the guy to do it, who, who has that desire to get in the box. And if you've got two wingers, you hope that the ball's going to come in. Change, change his shirt number to number six and we have him in disguise, don't we? I can't believe it. I, I mean, I was thinking maybe he was going to name someone a bit further back. Well, he's in Muzzy's, I can't believe it because he's the first player. I, I loved him as a midfielder. He was one of my favourites growing up watching. And when you said forward-thinking midfielder, I was thinking, is it? Is it? I mean, the goals he scored for us just instantly yeah. clicked. And when you said it, just shows we're not just no. good looking. We, we always <laughs> think like as well, Craig. Um, worrying. I know it is a bit worrying. We need to start falling out more. Yeah. Otherwise, people call us boring. Uh, now, we've already talked about one winger, and you said the other guy, so that's clearly why he's made your team. We're obviously on about Eunice. Um, yeah. I'm going to call him that because that's what he has on the back of his shirt. He's Eunice. Eunice, the mm. new man, uh, came on, made an impact in the cup game against Tranmere. I think right substitution really got us going for mm. it. Um, he's making his making his debut too, too, not too soon for you. And, and, and not any action out there. <laughs> no, not this time. Because I, I know last week I put in Inacho out there and, you know, I was saying that I didn't think um, uh, Marcel and uh, and McAteer were up to it. And um, McAteer was obviously uh, watching the show and, uh, <laughs> and took on bridge and, uh, and decided to put on a show. Although, you know, my, my scouts who were at that game, the Rotherham game, said that that was all he did. Um, now, if you're going to do nothing other than score two goals, including a late yeah. winner, you know, I'm quite happy. I'm you're quite happy. Really yeah. uh, but you've got to guarantee to do that every game, and I, I, I don't think he will. So, for me, this looks... I think what we've got in Marcel, he looked better on the right. And I've been saying this uh, on the left, sorry. I've been saying this for a few weeks. He played down that side against... Um, uh, Northampton pre-season and he looked a lot more threatening and when he's been on the right he doesn't look like naturally wants to come inside 
this guy, Eunice, wants to come inside. He will hug the touchline. Again, I only saw snippets, but I, I think I said last week, I did see the um, first half of Galatasaray's game in the Champions League last week when he played. Uh, and he scored. He had a really good goal disallowed, sadly, for a, for a foul by someone else. Um, but he did set up a great goal for Icardi as well. And even in that 45 minutes, you could get a sense of the player that he wants to work hard. He's not. He's not. Uh, he's prepared to track back. Maybe Mavadidi will learn from that a little bit. He will come back. He will come and get the ball. And he is tricky with his feet. He does like to take people on. But what impressed me most in that 45 minutes I saw uh, for Galatasaray was I don't think he gave the ball away. He, he knew what he wanted to do with the ball when he got it and whether it was just a pass inside and go again for a one-two or just switch the play. He seemed very confident and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do, particularly at this level. And I think we've got someone who is playing in his natural position out that side where Marcel and uh, and, uh, and and McAteer are not natural wingers for me. So, um, so yeah, so he, he has to come straight in. Yeah, and of course, with the, with the conditions of certain loans, maybe the promises that we made, you know, you've got two players that can play on that side. Um, mm. One's more versatile. I believe um, one can play across the board, so that'd be mm. interesting, because I think yeah. the man you've got on the left could use a bit of competition as much as we love Mark, aka Kevin Albrighton. Um, you've gone with Mavadidi, who yeah. got taken off for Tramir for not being at his best. But mm. is this something we could maybe expect from the wingers that they're not always going to be at the best when yeah. they blow hot? They're going to play really well. You've you've put him straight back into the team, though, Craig. I think, yeah, I, and just going back on that point you made, I think you have to expect um, with wingers that they're not going to do it every game. You know, if you can get two good games out of three with a winger, then you're doing well. Um, mm. but, but by their very nature, they uh, they are the way that Enzo wants to play, he wants wingers who are going to go at players. Um, that's not always going to work every game. So sometimes you're not going to get the best out of them. So the fact that he's got options means that he can sling him at half-time. And I've put him back in because I'm expecting exactly the same as I am with uh, KDH. I think he's had a little bit of a sort of bedding-in period where he's, uh, you know, he's the golden boy. He's going to play. He's our proper out-and-out winger. But as Enzo shows, if you don't work, you know, you're not doing what he wants you to do, you're going to get pulled off. And um, so back in there, Go and show the home fans what you can do. Yeah, I'd love for his Rick's final form to continue in the championship because that's he's never, you know, until 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 the Tranmere game, I wouldn't say let us down or such, but until he kind of underwhelmed us, maybe with performance, he's been really solid. Yeah. Now, in this show, we've already talked about one love affair. And I feel like Craig's getting slightly on board with my love affair. We're going to talk about a man who I hope comes Saturday is still available to us. And <laughs> Now, obviously, the transfer window is still open. He's talked to Palace. He's not in talks to Palace. He's staying. He's coming. He's going. I have a few questions for you about little bits of that in, in a minute, Craig. But 
He's still a Leicester player for now. You've obviously gone with our new fan, fan favourite. Nacho Man up front, easy easy choice. I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess here, Craig, kind of one of the questions inclined into it. If he's still here come 11, 11 p.m. tomorrow night when the window's shut, is this kind of like the defence in a way he's going to be the mainstay uh, star striker? Because you've this is the third week, I believe, or, or possibility that in a row that you found a way to put him in the team. Yeah. I think again he fits the way that Enzo wants to play. He wants to, he wants the build up. He wants the ball into feet. He wants uh, a linking player to allow the wingers to take it up uh, attacking positions to allow midfielders to come deep. If you've got someone like Jamie, nothing against Jamie, and 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 he will have his cameos and he and he scored at the weekend uh, in midweek. But if you've got a player who only wants to go one way and that is running behind, then you have no other choice than to play that way. Enzo clearly doesn't want to play that way. He wants to keep possessions. He wants to work openings. And the only way you can do that is by having a player who's prepared to come deep and bring the centre-halves with him to create space for wingers or a deep-running midfielder to go in behind. So, again, for the way that Enzo wants to play, Ian is the perfect uh, person. With regards to to him going, you know, by all accounts, you know, we're holding out for a certain fee, and unless we get that, we're not going to let him go. And I think that is because we don't have anyone else like him. <laughs> no, none, none of the other, unless we've got somebody lined up like him, uh, I I think it would cause a massive problem for Enzo if Ian Acho went. And what I read earlier was that he was quite prepared to run down his contract and leave as a free agent. Um, you know, if we go back up. Or it looks like we're going to go back up. Maybe he'd sign again. Um, well, but I, is, sorry, great goal. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, and, unless someone comes in with a silly offer, if they start, and by silly, I don't mean stupid, but I think they've got to be getting up towards the 20 mil. Mm. I don't think he goes anywhere. No, I don't. And the thing is, the way Enzo does his business, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if the window closed on Saturday and then, sometime next week during international breaks i don't know if he's going away or not you know i i don't profess to really care too much about the internationals until it's a major tournament i'll be honest but he could maybe then turn around and say well here you go here's a contract here's what we're able to offer you and you know not to hedge our bets but if we don't get promoted you can go for x amount you know, yeah. we'll let you go and, and, and we still get something for you. Because I feel like Nacho's one of them people, his personality, he's not going to do a Yuri Tillemans or he, he wouldn't do that. And I kind of agree with you on, I'd just be madness to let him go now, especially if Daka goes as well, because yeah. I don't think Vardy's that one-off person. Um, uh, no worries, mate. Yeah, I, um, yeah. I've just seen that. I've just seen yeah. your private. Um, no, I, I, as I say, I, we, I don't think we've got anybody at the club that fulfills that role. So... Um... Yeah, and I think the thing is, if you get rid of him for twenty million, you're probably going to be asked to pay that for a striker. I know Scott's just winning with three there, but they might turn around and go, "Well, now we know you're desperate. Actually, for you, it's twenty five million, and that would and to completely be honest, ruin." To be um, honest, the ones we're being linked with, I don't know anything about. You know, I, no, I haven't seen them okay. enough to know. You would hope that they would be of a similar nature, but uh, I know we've been linked with the guy down at Brighton who can't seem to get in their team. But yeah. um, I know he, Enzo's close mates with Deserby, so um yeah. so you know maybe he's 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 telling them that he's the guy but we'll yeah. see i mean 
Scott did put it in there saying he was in talks of Palace. I've seen things saying talks are broken down because Leicester have up the amount to 20 million and Nacho's happy to not force the move. Yeah. And if it comes to 11 pm Friday, he's not going to get a move. He's happy to sit down and talk about a new contract. Yeah. So that's what I said. Um, I mean, the only other outcome would be that Leicester don't get any, any anything from it. And Ter- Terry makes a good point here. And, this, and then I'll let you go after this, Craig, because I appreciate yeah, no worries, you. No worries. Worries. He says, the way we attack the midfield, Craig, play with a, f- a false number nine. Why not eventually? I mean, I know we haven't really touched on Wilfred and Didi because I, it's, it's, it's not an area, as much as I like him stay, we've got a bulk of midfielders. It's not really an area of weakness, so it's not really a big talk for But the way Leicester and Enzo has, has Leicester going with that midfield, could we potentially see maybe a Cassidy, maybe a Deuce will become a false nine over that period and, and take that role? If we were to lose Nacho in in the final transfer day, yeah, definitely, definitely, and and I think maybe you know Cassidy is the one to be able to do that. You you can you can play with a false nine if that false nine has still got an eye for goal. When Firmino did it um, for Liverpool, you know he used to drop deep, and and the same way that's why Mane and Salah had so much room to run into for those crossfield passes that were being played in behind the centre-halves because Roberto Firmino had pulled them out of position, created a a space behind for Mane and Salah to run into. And that's what you can do. But that that false nine still has to have a sense of being a goal scorer. And and Firmino still chipped in with a fair, fair number of goals. So maybe Cassidy will be that guy to give us an option to do that. And I think we need to see a little bit more of that over the next coming games. Uh, to see whether he's got that in him, but no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree at all, Terry. Yeah, there you go. I mean, Scott says that possibly McAteer mm. as well as it. Scott puts out a second sure. option. I wouldn't be against it. I wouldn't be against anybody. And in Enzo, we trust the way we've gone, Craig. I would. If it, if he told me Yannick Vestergaard was going to play there right now, I'd trust him. To, mm, I'd be pushing well, it a bit. Yeah, <laughs> maybe without face, he's gone on a few runs. I might yeah. be more inclined to do that. Craig, you've been a gracious co-host with me as always. You hold the show together. Okay. You are the glue to this show. Right. Thank you very much for joining, uh, for being a part of it, Craig, and, and going through your lineup. Um, you've gone for a for a classic two on Leicester win. Are you? Are you I am indeed. Are you able to go to the game? Or oh yeah, you... I'll be there. He'll be, be there. there. He'll be there as always, guys. So yeah. Uh, thanks very much for everybody who has joined us in the comments. It's been a pleasure, Craig. I'm going to let you go now because your battery is low and I yeah, can. Right. You've got to go. So thanks. Thanks, Craig, for joining us. Uh, See you later, mate. See you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Bye, everyone. Right. That was Craig there, everybody. And this was your preview show for Leicester City versus all. Thank you very much for everybody that has come and shown our love and support. There's been lots of you in chat, so do make sure on your way out, you're hitting that like button on your way out and you're clicking the subscribe button to tell us how well we are doing as a channel because you just help us get recognised and you show us that we're amazing and that you really do love us. Uh, Luke, with the last comment there, says, lose natural, we don't go up, in my opinion, would be a huge blow. I think that's the sentiment around. I don't know if it means we wouldn't go up. I'm sure Enzo has a plan B or C under him. But, um, yeah, that is it. Thank you, everybody um that has joined us take care Stuart. i've just seen you comment pop up there thank you very much for your support go and show us this channel ltid tv too um some love as well subscribe if you're new if you haven't already and do all your usual stuff over there and until next time as i always say when it comes to match day come on you foxes
thanks for watching these videos are tremendous you better like them too or i'll be back this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans that will conclude this evening's entertainment It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.